Thank you for listening to Fireside Church Messages. We are a church on the North Shore of Massachusetts seeking to love God, love others, and help others do the same. You can learn more at our website, firesidechurch.org. On January 6th, we are beginning a church-wide initiative to read through the New Testament in one year. We would love for you to join us. You can find the link to join at our website. Please enjoy the message. So as we kind of frame this conversation, I was thinking um, as we were worshiping today um, that even this conversation is an act of worship as we talk about what God has done in the last year and what he continues to do. Um, One of my favorite things about friendships and about marriage is being able to get a front row seat in what God's doing in people's lives. And it's so exciting to see what God's done this year here at Fireside and what he's going to do in the future. So... Um, We worship you, Jesus. Um, So we just finished our first year at Fireside. Um, As you start this new year, um, what are things that we want to reflect on in terms of our mission and look forward to? So kind of probably a better way to start is why kind of start this church? And then maybe we could talk about mission. So why why start a a church here in Salisbury? I think the big thing is we never want to be a church that forgets the why before we do the what. And so there's so many things of the what, you know, the music, sermons, kids, and all these what's. But what is the why? And, and the why is why we started. Is We live in the most spiritually dead area in America. And statistically, between Boston and Portland is the most spiritually dead. And you guys probably experienced that yourself. And what we found in our research is that about um, only... About three to five percent of people are in church as we speak right now on a Sunday morning. And furthermore, only 10% of people in this area would even say they are affiliated with the church, which means 90% of people plus are not affiliated with the church. Now, you can't say, well, you're a Christian because you go to church. I believe that you're not a Christian because you go to church. You go to church because you're a Christian, because God commands us. So the question is, what are we going to do about it? And so I read a really cool quote that says, to, do, to, reach people, to reach different people, you need to do something different. And so God had put it on our heart to start a church five or six years ago. And I remember at a, Kate may tell the story differently, but I'm at a conference and I'm like feeling like I will be disobedient to God if I don't plan a church. I come home, I'm excited, and I tell Kate, and Kate, what was your reaction to that? I was very open and supportive. <laughs> Of this genius idea. Yeah, she, she basically said, God may be telling you that, but he hasn't spoke to me yet. And then about a year later, you came home and you felt God had put it on your heart. And so we started doing research. I took classes and we presented it to the leadership at our former church in the meeting that we were going to have that night to kind of lay out this plan. And we had talked about it before. It was the same night that our daughter was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. And I felt like it was God saying, hold up. We need to show you. Now you know the practical stuff. But let's, let's take your faith a little bit deeper. And for me, it opened my eyes to what it really means to have a relationship with Jesus. And I'm still working on it. So we want to reach people for Jesus and grow people who already have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and I think, you know, Andy's painting this picture of where you think about these statistics and it seems like such an obvious, like, of course, plant a church, but 
Um, there's a lot of things, as you can imagine, that would m make this sound like a terrible idea. That was my first thought. It was like, this is crazy, right? Um, and then our life circumstances, and there were so many things that just felt like, this can't be it. But um, I think through many of you supporting us through this and, and joining us in this, it's obvious to see that God is leading this and, and that he has ordained this and um, brought this about. And so that feels a lot better, you know, <laughs> when you know that this idea is from him. And so we're following his lead in that way. Yeah, and I think, um, I know in our marriage, when we both have um, the same inkling, we're like, oh, this is from the spirit because we're not the same people and we typically don't always agree. <laughs> so <laughs> Most of the time we will not agree. So when you were saying you were open and I love that then you, you went further and said that, you know, is this, this is kind of crazy, you know, this over feeling of being overwhelmed, but then realizing that when God is uh, using your spouse to uh, confirmation, I know that no, both are on the same page. So in regards of the both of you being on the same page, something that, that we are privileged, many of you, many of us were privileged to see uh, your walk and, and to really see how God works through you. And um, in the beginning of this, uh, this church and through all the uh, up and downs and tribulations. So I guess my, my question is like, as you are coming together, uh, leading uh, the beginnings and the formation of a new church, how's leadership in terms of how do you envision church, 21st century, New England, you know, with the stats that you have shared with us, Andy, how is it, you know, this model of leadership leading co-pastoring the two of you. Would you uh, share with us a little bit of, of your vision uh, and having the two of you being pastors of this church? Hmm. So I feel like... I took you out of the script. So, um. <laughs> so as, you know, to pastor a church, to pastor, to be a leader, yeah. it encompasses a lot of qualities that just, just not one human being can all have. Uh -huh. And if they say they have them all, they're lying to you. And so Kate and I are as different as can be. And... To be honest with you, our biggest, you know, arguments probably come from talking about what we should be doing in the church. And, but I also believe that the, you see the best outcomes. You know, so I'm, if you know me, I'm more of like, we'll figure it out, we'll get there. Kate's more of a planner. No, we need to figure it out now. And so, you know, as we work through that, the best outcome comes from that. And so we have totally different giftings. And so we just believe that God has called us both, but also to, to different things. You know, I love when Kate preaches, but Kate does not love when she preaches. <laughs> and, and the reason being is because it's, you know, um, a little bit out of her comfort zone. Or for me, I've been, you know, um, I was telling Kate recently, like when I was a little boy, I would sit at church and I would daydream about the preacher saying, well, I need someone to preach today, and pointing to me like I'm a 12-year-old boy. This is like the first time I'd ever heard this last week. I'm like, how did you not tell me this? Before? It's just something I'm, I'm passionate about, yeah, and, I, and yes. I love doing it, yeah. and so when I was like, hey, how could you not? God's giving you a word to share, and Kate's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> so we, we view a, a joint, you know, leadership, but also recognize that we have different giftings mm -hmm. in that. And I think, I think that actually extends to this church as in general is that our hope and our vision has never been for us to just be doing this by ourselves but to have shared leadership for that same reason across the board and that's something actually that we're looking into now that we've reached our first year how can we share this leadership here amongst 
um, other people in this church so that that very same thing happens, that through working together as a team, we're coming to a better, a better you know, plan or outcome and seeking God together and, and shaping that vision together. And it's this whole, like, there's a word called the missional church, which it means that the church is on mission, church defined by people. And so many times, you may have experienced this of church, it's like, all right, my job is just to get people in the building, and then the pastors and the staff are going to take over, and they're going to be saved, and all is good. And I just think that is not how God has uh, placed a church, that you guys are all disciplers, that you are out there discipling people as much as we are. And so that is like a joint effort. And so, you know, instead of someone said, hey, I have this friend, can you, you know, talk to him about Jesus, which we could, but better, it's like, well, God has placed you in their life for a reason. I believe God has placed it on you to talk to them about Jesus and be in their life. And so it's all on us. And, you know, just in like leadership, it's not just tasky, like, hey, I'm going to, you know, you know, step in in kids until we get a director and then a staff and a backup. Like, no, 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 no. Like, we believe that everybody is all in all the time um, for their benefit, you know, not for the church's benefit, for their benefit, because that, that's how you grow. That kind of ties in with what you say a lot the church can you like expound upon what you would how you would define that you kind of touched on a little bit yeah I mean I think what what Andy's saying is that we we've said this a lot from the beginning that especially being a mobile church the church is not the building that we meet in that is not what church is it's not a place it's the people and so what it means to be the church is literally like wherever you are, whatever circle you're in, whether it's here on Sunday or every other hour of your week, that you are being an extension of the church. And so that is everything from the way that you serve, the way that you um, develop relationships with people, the way that you share your story that Jesus has done in your heart. Um, those are all extensions of how we can be the church wherever we are all the time. And it's active. I think so mm. many, we, we live in a day where it's so easy to consume, mm. right? Like, and, you know, I, I love listening to gifted communicators online, but I'm not a part of their church, you know? Um, I love listening to worship music, but I'm not, you know, a part of that church. And so what it means to be a church is you're a part of the body of people that have gathered, that are part of this community. And by just coming with a consumer, you know, mentality of, hey, you know, I just want to listen. I just want to, you know, partake. And then I leave. Well, you're not being a part of a church. You're just kind of like a, a consumer. And I think we need to be, do a better job of letting people come in and have an active role. So we have people here who their first time ever on a Sunday gathering was not just, hey, can I want to come and attend. They would say, I want to come and I want to help. And I think that's a, a true um, a vision of what the church should be. I just don't, and we talk about this a lot, Thanksgiving dinner. You don't go to thank someone's house for Thanksgiving without bringing something or help cleaning up, right? Because if you did, if you just said, hey, I'm just going to sit down, consume, and leave, well, then you're going to a restaurant. Fireside is not a restaurant. We want it to feel like it's someone's dinner table at their house that we're inviting you into. And how does that relate to, like, people who might come to the church that don't know Jesus? Like, what is your idea of, in terms of ministering to and sharing the gospel with people, how does that connect? Them? I think that people have always viewed as outreach, as you water down the gospel and make it simple. But I believe that's, like, 
No one wins in that. So uh, we have some of my former high school kids here, and we would go on a high school camping trip. Remember that, guys? And we would do this thing by the river where we would sing praise and worship under the stars and just kind of like um, be in, in this very like spiritual presence, you know. So I thought, would you guys agree that was, that was good? Yeah. You have to do that. <laughs> and, but I remember two, two people throughout the year saying, hey, I am bringing a friend on this camping trip. Could we not do that? Because I don't want to freak them out. And this was like, it's going to be freaky. Like, we're like, we're raising our hands. We're on the water. And we're like singing. And I would say, let's just see how it goes. And so those, both those times, the friend came up to me. And I would always say, hey, what was your favorite part? And they would say, my favorite part was when we went to the river and when we worshiped. Because people need to really feel and experience Jesus. It's not just a head knowledge thing. It's an experiential thing. And so when you come on a Sunday gathering, we want people to feel the Holy Spirit. And it's not going to make or break a relationship, but it's a reminder of that Jesus is real. And if we water it down, then people are like, well, I don't want that simple Jesus. I want to feel him. And so when people come that are new, we want to treat them as if they're a part of the family, even if it's for that day. Here, come, pick up a chair. But, but I don't go here. Well, you're here now, and you're part of our family. And if you're part of our family, you want to be actually part of it, and that's to be, uh, um, yeah. Well, I think, I think Andy's touching on something that has always been just at the core of what we want to do in terms of, you know, the what is we want to create environments where people can encounter Jesus. That's, that's what we want to do. Every time we get together, that is what our goal is because, you know, you can go to things and you can do things, but when you encounter Jesus, you are never the same. That, that's it. And that's, that's really one of the core values of our church. And Jesus did that all the time. He would do miracles, and then he would teach. So as we are hearing you about the what and the why we're doing this, um, something amazing about the two of you is um, understand who you are and how God has equipped each one of you, and together as a, as a couple. So we are the privilege to be able to have the two of you in, in our lives and, and to really see how amazing things God has been doing throughout all these decades. So Andy, your background in terms of uh, coming from uh, men figures in your family that were so Christ-rooted, Christ Kate, a family of missionaries, you know, traveling around the world and even living overseas in, in Africa for a long time and talking about um, serving others and the experience, you know, of how do we uh, as a community, as a church, uh, make sure that people are uh, exposed to the true living Christ. So all this to say that, I mean, the two of you have been in college ministry, the two of you uh, have been doing high school ministry. So right now, as the lead pastors of this church, what's your vision? What do you think God is uh, talking in your heart? So what are your dreams that you're saying, hey, Jesus, wow, God, where are we going as a church? Especially, again, the, the, the serving attitude in your hearts, you know, overseas and local. So what do you think God has for Fireside locally and overseas? I think when we, I, um, I love vision, and I, and, and I don't want to talk about Ellie too much, part of our story, but Ellie's relapse has really put governors 
and to invest in what God is doing now instead of what God will be doing. This is me. Kate's more in the presence. I'm more in the future. And so for me, I had a, like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do that. I'm like, so excited about where we're headed. And then, boom, we get hit with Ellie. And I'm in the hospital once a week, every three weeks since June. And it's just been, first of all, God is going to raise leaders. And you see that. You see people, you guys have stepped up and it's like, we're the church. Second of all, he's putting governors on me. He's like, all right, God has placed us here for now. And how can we grow people where they are and just trust that God will do that? But with that said, there is a lot of things that we really want to do. And I think some of the practical things is we really want to build up our student ministries, our high school and our middle school. And we believe that the next generation is the church. And it's not just something that we silo them off, but we put them in. Before you guys come on a Sunday morning, we have about five high school and you know, early you know, 20-year-olds here that set this all up. And so there are, yes, they are younger than most of us and they're more energetic, but they are already like setting a foundation, not for the, but for themselves and what it really means to be at the church. And so that's one thing that we really want to do. And we also want to do our leadership. We want to share our leadership and have more of a polity thing. Um, that's more of just kind of as a nonprofit, you have to have those systems in play. Um, we want, we're a congregationally run church, so you, the people, make the decisions um, and how do we make that happen? Like, what format do we make that? So there are some things, but I could talk all day about future visions that I would like, but I'm going to let Kate <laughs> kind of fill in some holes. Well, I think, Sorry actually, <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know, we were actually just talking yesterday. I think a big theme that we see for the upcoming year is multiplying mm -hmm. and thinking about you know, what God has started here, how can we multiply that? And Nick, the, the environments that you mentioned are very much part of that. How can we take what we're already doing and, and then grow it and expand it? And the thing about multiplication is this, is, this is, again, this is how I think, is there's a loss there. There's a discomfort there. There's a, you know, I've been meeting with this fireside table all year, and now I have to go start a new one on my own and you know, what if people come and I don't click with them? This, you know, that's just, it, there's a loss. It feels sad. It feels hard. Um, or you want me to take this on as a leader? I, am, I barely can get there on time on a Sunday, and now you want me to lead something or take, or you want me to go out and do what? And I think, I think those are the challenges that we all are just going to have to take on this year in a really exciting and powerful way because that, in doing that this year, that's where we've seen God show up. And in, I think, what, I think what's important with that is to realize that as pastors, you're encouraging people to move out of their comfort zone and encouraging them to listen to the Holy Spirit. But ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit who should be leading us. And so you are facilitators of that. But I think as part of the church, we also have to listen. Is this is what something you're asking me to do, Lord? And my pastors are helping me move that way into into discomfort, which helps us to move closer to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. So to bring it into um, real, in the real, okay, which you are always are, but following that train of thought, um, well, you're a pastor, so you, I'm sure, have everything in line, and the Holy Presence is always with you, and, you know, you walk in holy waters. So... 
but what, is, what are your challenges? You know, we're talking about community. We're talking about being personal here. So would you share with us, you know, in, in your personal level, you know, what are the uh, challenges or struggles that you're saying that, that constantly you're asking the Holy Spirit to be part of your daily walk? My dad used to say that I have the most patience out of anybody because I never use it. <laughs> I'm a very impatient person. <laughs> And so one of the biggest challenges is to just be still and know that God's in control. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that comes from everything. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at you know, people's growth level, my growth level, you get impatient. You look at numbers. Mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about some of our ministries, and I think that don't let numbers determine your, your passion for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you have a student ministry, if two kids show up, you pour into those kids because those two kids could be, the one kid could be a game changer for the kingdom. On a Sunday gathering, you have a Sunday, like sometimes, you know, Connor, Kate, and I will talk after, like, oh, that was a low Sunday, and you, we feel deflated, but yet the Holy Spirit was obviously present that Sunday. And don't let numbers drive your passion. And so that's been something that I've been trying to format. Like, you know, God is in control. You know, God is going to bring who he wants to bring purposefully. And, and whether that's small or large. Or, and, and people will say, like, well, what do you want? How big do you want? Like, we just want to be faithful. Yeah. We just want to be faithful. And what God does with that, we believe that God, I mean, you, looked, you saw a cellist and a violinist. We did not say, when we have a band, we want to get strings. No. We just happen to have people who know how to play the cello and the violin, and so therefore they're on our stage, and so that's and kind amazing, of amazing, aren't they? Amazing, they are. It's amazing. like as it's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, but my challenge is impatience because I want to get ahead. I want to get ahead. I want to get ahead, and then um, just be still. Staying in the moment. Staying in the moment. I think I think I have a, a similar theme, in a, and it plays out in a different way for me because, for me, right from the beginning, I have something in me that's like. I can do, I know how to do this. Get, you know, tell me what, I, I, can, I can figure this out. So I'll find like, you know, this is our computer system that will blah, 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 blah. Or like, I'll, we'll track it with this. Or I know how to build stuff. Um, and so I think for me, it's, it's resisting this kind of urge to want to organize my way through this or to, to build a church myself, you know? And so... For me, it's kind of in that same way, stepping back and saying, all right, where is the Holy Spirit leading us right now? What, is, what do we need to do and what do we need to just let him do and not, not have me just get ahead of it and, and put all the, all the check boxes next to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. If, so I know that we're like ending on time, but I think as we end... Um, what are ways that you have seen God at work this year? What are ways that you've seen him maybe within a mission that you had felt like God had put in your heart or maybe something totally different that you didn't expect him to do? What are things you've I seen? I mean, I am, you, you know, you feel like God tells you to do something and then you're like, did he, yeah. right? <laughs> Is this just me or is that him? Yeah. Um, and I am 100% certain that, that God has ordained fireside. And it's because of the fruits that we've seen. And some of the stories have just been, you know, I think the first thing is to see people who had, you know, a faith, but it was more of a culture of faith that I go to church because that's what we do as a Christian. And to take that and turn it to, no, 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 no. 
faith is my life, Jesus is my life, and I'm going to live my life through that lens. And so that's been the most exciting thing, is seeing that jump. And that's from people in our team that we started, and then some people that have come. And that's been awesome. And then to see just like, you know, what God is doing in terms of bringing people and people, you know, some of the quotes I've heard is, we've never experienced Jesus until we've been a part of this church. And I've heard that a, a few times, and I'm like, oh, that is amazing. You know, you have like, you know, little Pete who gave his testimony. You know, I remember when he was a little kid and everyone was like, he's on fire for Jesus. Like, yeah, right, I'll see it when I believe it. And now he's meeting with these, all these guys from the Seabrook area, and he's ministering to them. And that's something that I would never have imagined, you know. And you never know who God is going to bring in what capacity. Because, you know, I'm feeling old lately. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. You know, like very, very old, especially with a newborn not sleeping. Well, Kate's yeah. not really sleeping. I'm sleeping better than her. But I'm just like, we're getting too old. So God, surround us with people who are older and younger who can reach the people that we may not be able to reach. And God is doing that over and over and over again. And it's just been mind-blowing to see. I have a lot of things I'm trying to brush through them quickly, but one thing I wish you guys could see truly from the beginning, from a logistics, you know, I love logistics. logistics. Um, Every single thing that we have needed for this church has happened. Mm. You know, like this space, what we pay for this space is crazy. You could not rent a space anywhere for a better price than this. Mm. And uh, the support that we've gotten here financially, every single time that we have taken on something new, the budget has followed every single time. We have never not made it, even though every month we're kind of like, is this, is this going to be the month, you know, but every single month. And, and, and to look in those ways that God has practically provided, the trailer, you know, just as we were like, we cannot fit another thing in the back of this car. We're, we're full. And then a trailer arrives on our front lawn, literally, <laughs> unexpected, parked on our grass. Um, and so just all of those things. And then I think another really big thing from the beginning is that we put a huge emphasis on relationships because we were a new church. We still are a new church and nobody knew each other. You know, new people are coming in and this is really important. And also a big part of the way that we see God at work is within the context of relationships, that's where discipleship is happening. That's where people are learning and growing and hearing about you know, someone's story with Jesus, or uh, within the context of relationships, that's where new people are getting involved and getting connected. Neighbors are coming over and, and, you know, getting to know people. And so we put a really high emphasis on that. And I think right in the beginning, one of the coolest things was, okay, we know this group is getting together, or these people know each other. And then all of a sudden we hear, so-and-so had so-and-so over for dinner or you know these guys went over here and did this and it was like just seeing people's relationships grow with each other it was incredible that was that was just God bringing people in and connecting people in and so um those were two things right from the beginning that it was like yes this is this is exciting you know and I think it's easy to feel like um just bringing it back to like life circumstances, how hard it has been with, you know, at the beginning, Ellie getting diagnosed and then um, her relapse and things with Emmy. But I also think it has given um, 
God glory because I just think of all that he has done has not been from one person. It has not been from the two of you. Even though you are surrendered to the Lord, the work that he has been doing is from weakness, right? And I think that's the most amazing thing is that he has been able to work despite what has been so hard and in some ways um, allowed you to take a step back and let him work, which is... um, really hard, but also really amazing to see. Can I start praying and then finish? And uh, as a family here, Mm -hmm. as we close in prayer, is anything that we as a community should be aware of what we could be actively praying for you? Mm -hmm. Whatever comes first in in your mind, what would that be? Honestly, I'd just say, you know, rest. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I feel like um, it's just been... uh, a whirlwind of mm. a few months yeah. and um yeah just rest amen mm. rest and for kate yeah same thing mm. rest time I mean, for physically and just just all the kinds of rest yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah amen i was reminded um this season that um i think it was one of your sermons you were talking about maybe promises i can't remember but um i was reminded like jesus promises peace and i look around our house and i'm like there is no peace here. But I'm reminded that that is something that is in our heart. Like God promises us peace within our soul, right? And he promises rest within our soul. And so even though you can wake up in a day and think, I, this is what I think every morning. I don't know how I'm going to make it through today. This is a lot. <laughs> um, but we do. And he gives us peace within our soul and rest within our soul and rejuvenation. So I think regardless of circumstances, he, he does promise that. Jesus, we just thank you. Um, We thank you for your faithfulness. Um, We thank you for who you are, mostly, who you are. Um, We also thank you for um, the the gifts you give us and what we um, see you doing around us. Um, We just um, pray a special blessing upon Kate and Andy um, that you would, in in moments that um, don't even seem possible, that you would just give rest, um, peace, rejuvenation, Lord. Um, We know that sometimes when we go looking for that, um, we don't get it. It's only when you really give um, us rest and peace. Um, And that you would just do that supernaturally. Um, That time would be extended, that um, an hour sleeping would feel like three hours sleeping, Jesus. That you would just um, allow Kate and Andy's bodies, minds, souls, Um, to rest in you, um, that you would give them a perspective that's eternal, um, that you would help them to continue to see um, your hand at work, that you would give them eyes to see your hands, um, and that you would just um, continue to um, allow them to surrender to you so that you truly are the one who leads this church. And we thank you for that. Lord, thank you again, and we, Father, ask you that you will continue to lead us in everything we do, we say, and Father, we thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that the uh, sweet aroma, fragrance of your Holy Presence be with us, with this church, this community, Lord, this town, and Father, that we will be able to continue to be light and salt. Father, we thank you for the vowers. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you for fireside, and we continue to pray that you will um, 
challenge in our hearts and that you will stretch um, uh, us, Lord, so we'll be able to get out of our comfort zone and be able to get out and surrender to the things that you have already planned for us as individuals, as families, and uh, we will to continue to raise our children the way you want us to do it, Lord, following you, Lord. Thank you again for the Bowers, Lord. We pray for this 2020, this new decade, that we fill with your love, your presence, Lord. And we're so thankful. we thankful, Lord, for being part of this community, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for being our King, our Lord, our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And just last, this was a lot of like um, vision stuff, but on January 12th, we are actually having more of a logistical gathering at the Fowler's house after church. And we're going to kind of talk about budget stuff, talk about some practical items, uh, but we just wanted to bring you in. So thank you, Nick and Julia, for, for helping us out and for your friendship. And you guys are free to go. Have a great week, and we'll see you guys next week.